Hey guys, looking for some new custom apparel for your next business bonding retreat, your next rush event, or to thank your employees with some new swag? Check out sunshinefits.com. Specializing in custom t-shirts, hoodies, masks, and hats, Sunshine Fits is the best place to get all of your clothing needs at the absolute best price. Nationwide shipping is available. Use the promo code PICKUPTHEBLITZ for 10% off your first order. Check out sunshinefits.com or email service at gmail.com for bulk prices. Sunshine Fits, put a little sunshine in what you wear. Before we dive on into football, we want to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Southern Cigar Co. Southern Cigar Co. is a premium cigar subscription service founded with the goal of connecting cigar lovers around the world with nothing but the best smokes. Heading into a cigar shop and choosing from a vast selection can be a daunting task. Southern Cigar Co. has developed a service that takes away the worry and the hassle while providing you with premium cigars every single month. For under $40 per month and free shipping within the United States, Southern Cigar Co. will ship four of their finest cigars right to your door, with the first box of every subscription including a triple torch lighter, a double guillotine cutter, a Boveda humidity pack, and an informational card displaying everything you need to know about your newest cigars. There's no better pairing to Sunday football and your favorite bottle of beer or glass of scotch than one of Southern Cigar Co.'s top-of-the-line smokes. The world's best cigar subscription would make the perfect gift for the cigar lover in your life. Head to southerncigarco.com and enter promo code PUTB for 10% off your first order. Again, that's southerncigarco.com and enter promo code PUTB for 10% off your first order. And now, on to the football. Bonjour, hello, and happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Pick at the Blitz podcast, the show where Guy and his former high school history teacher talk a lot about football and very little about history. I'm Justin Heyer, here with Nick Bellotto, and we are live on the Locker Room app, sports audio platform that lets you talk to other people live about all your favorite sports topics. We've got fans here, we've got us as podcasters, we've got players and insiders, Andre Iguodala was here. Earlier talking some basketball, Jeff Darlington comes on and talks football. We are obviously hosting our podcast on here, talking with all you guys. So make sure to jump on, download the uh, Locker Room app, talk with us live. We'll have people uh, potentially today also on and off the show coming up on Stitch Talk to us. So make sure to download the app and come talk to us live. Nick, today we are talking, usually we have like a Dolphins episode, an NFL episode, but since we've uh, gone about a week now without a show, we're just going to sort of stuff everything into one, start with some NFL stuff. And then us being Dolphins guys, obviously diving more into the Miami nitty gritty later in the show. But to start off, Nick, as per usual, I'm going to defer to you. We've had a lot of NFL news coming around over the past week. It feels like every team has cut several players or restructured like 9,000 contracts. I'm learning about terms like voidable years and, 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 you know, prorated guarantees and all this stuff is coming around now because the NFL officially market salary cap at 182.5 million. Obviously, about 15, 16 million lower than last year, and a good 20 something million lower than what NFL teams were projecting before COVID. So, a lot has happened. What do you want to dive into first? I say we dive into the news of the day, which was uh, Cam Newton re signing with the Patriots. Um, I'll be honest, you know, I, listen, you know, Justin, anyone who's listened to us, I'm a huge Cam Newton fan. Uh, at least, you know, <laughs> last year, 
out of the, you know, the conversation, really. Um, but I really, you know, if you had asked me at the end of this season if Cam Newton was going to re-sign with the Pats, I would have said you're crazy based on the season that we had. But the more I've thought about it and the more I've kind of surveyed the landscape, uh, who, who else would they have potentially signed, right? Obviously, they're not sold on Jared Stidham, right? So they're, otherwise, they wouldn't have brought Cam Newton back. Um, so they, they signed the only quarterback who, you know, I think with the exception of maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has a decent shot at being a quality starter in, in the NFL this year. So it's very interesting that they're doing this. But I think as much as it's interesting to talk about Cam Newton being signed, I think it's actually more of a, um, a window into their draft plan because I don't think they're going to be um, comfortable going with Cam Newton as their starting quarterback going into the year. I think that this is kind of, uh, telling us that they're going to probably target a quarterback very early in this upcoming draft. Maybe not one of those top five guys, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone pulls the trigger on Kyle Trask at uh, 15 overall there. Very interesting. It is very interesting. I can't imagine that they're thinking like, okay, Cam Newton's going to now lead us to the Super Bowl or the playoffs, uh, a very deep playoff run either. Uh, the $14 million number was a bit surprising to me. I know that the Patriots have some cap space to burn, but right now, obviously, in a year where the, the cap is lower than most expected, I'm surprised they gave him so much when I think it's pretty darn clear he's not the future of that team. He's not going to be there for the next three or four years. He had the third fewest touchdown passes for a player that started 15 games in NFL history. He was eight touchdowns, 10 picks. Obviously, he runs some in, but I don't know. It was odd to me. We already got a couple guys here who want to come up and chat some Cam Newton with us. Brandon and Joshua, thank you for jumping on the Pick of the Blitz podcast today. What are your guys' thoughts on, on this Cam it's Newton news? It's not $14 million straight up. Hello. It's like, That's true. There's yeah. some incentives built in there. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily uh, straight $14 million, but still a huge step up from what they paid him last yeah, year. Yeah, of course. That is facts. What are your guys' thoughts on Cam Newton news? I, I love him. I really think it's good for them. More so, I think he, I think he steps up this year. Um, I think he's, I think he's going to be more confident. Um, yeah, I think this is just his year to step up. It's a one-year deal. It's and like I, a pro- I, prove yourself deal. And you know, Justin, you said you were you were uh, the fourteen million was a bit of a shocker. I don't actually think it was because if you're trying to get a starting caliber quarterback, uh, fourteen million is kind of a, a pretty good number to get if you think Cam Newton can be your guy. And as a fallback plan, it's not a terrible thing to give him that fourteen million this year. Make sure you got someone who knows the system and. Uh, hope that you can bring somebody in to give him a, a weapon to throw to, whoever that might be. Hope it's Kenny Carter. <laughs> I think everyone in the NFL who needs a receiver right now wants Kenny Galladay on the team. Like, it's, it's, it's nuts. Dumb, he's definitely going to be. He's definitely going to be the hottest name on the market. For, oh yeah, for, for sure. sure, for sure. And Nick, I, I don't, I don't disagree that fourteen million is obviously a bit of a discount compared to most starting caliber quarterbacks. And you see the average starting contract somewhere between that, that twenty-five to thirty range, and he's significantly under that. But I just don't understand why pay Cam fourteen when you could pay Ryan Fitzpatrick five a year, which I think is what the Dolphins did the past two years. It was a two-year, ten million dollar deal, and Ryan Fitzpatrick was. Obviously on a better team, but a hell of a lot more productive than, than Cam was. I think he provides you very similar leadership traits and is also probably even more so of a mentor to whatever rookie they're 100% sure 
going to be bringing unless they unless they make some massive move for someone like Deshaun Watson or, or Russell Wilson changes trade destination uh, requests. I don't see why Cam is a better option for them than someone like a Ryan Fitzpatrick to groom whoever's coming in next because th- they're going to get someone young. I wonder. I wonder if it has something to do with. Uh, you know, the the fact that he knows the system, yeah. right? I wonder what the value is for the Patriots organization on um, the guy who knows what's going on, right? And I think I think that might be something that they value, right? And that, that might lead them to pay a little bit more for Cam Newton, who they know knows the system, and hope they can surround him with proper weapons. Yeah. Uh, so it, it begs the question, what's the value for knowing what's going on in that Patriots organization? That's fair, and it's it's hard to doubt Bill, right? It's hard to doubt uh, to doubt the Emperor, but I just uh, when I saw it, I was definitely surprised. I don't know if you felt the same way, but when I saw the deal and then the money on the deal, I felt as though this was just an odd move for for New England. I, I didn't really see the purpose of it. I know you don't want to go into next year with Brian Hoyer as your starting quarterback. I know or they needed Stidham. to make or, or Stidham because clearly they don't believe in the guy, but I, I felt there would be some sort of other move. I would be absolutely shocked 100 percent shocked if they don't come out of april with a quarterback in i'm gonna say the first round maybe second if someone doesn't fall and they don't try it up trade up but if there's not a, a new quarterback on the team within the first 64 picks i will be absolutely shocked 100 percent. it's gonna be it's gonna be either depending on how how far a Mac Jones might fall. It could be either a Jones or a Trask. I don't see I see Kyle like Trask that. being very good in, in New England. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't go. Brian, you're not a Trask fan? No. It's funny because there are some people who compare his game, not necessarily to Cam Exact because they're not the same size, but they're both mobile quarterbacks who came into the NFL with a lot of passing development to be done. You said you are a Cam fan, though, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I could, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if it's Trask because I think if you're building a system with Cam, you could build a potentially similar system with Trask that that, that includes a lot of bootlegs, a lot of movement. But uh, that, that'll be that'll be an interesting thing to watch for sure. Nick, now at this point, the top two quarterbacks on the market in terms of free agency are Jameis Winston and Oof. some sort of combination of either Ryan Fitzpatrick or Alex Smith, whichever of the oh, Alex Smith. Uh, yeah, Alex Smith, I mean, whichever of those two you prefer, I think you're getting similar production out of Fitzpatrick or Smith at this point. Trubisky is nowhere near. <laughs> no, I, I'm, no. not, I'm not touching Mitch Trubisky with a 10-foot pole. It's just not <laughs> happening. Uh, so, I mean, there are still several teams that are in need of a quarterback. If you're New Orleans, if you're Chicago, who are you, who are you jumping at? I, I think Jameis is going back to New Orleans, but uh, yeah. we don't know yet. I think, I think Fitzpatrick is going to the Bears. I could see that. Yeah, that would make yeah, sense. Is- Unless you know whatever happens with Russ, I don't see him trading Russ. It's just like yeah, that's true. That I really don't. I really don't think they would have like the assets, yeah, especially the cow, the cap hit if he gets traded. Yeah, especially yeah, that. I don't see it. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> or would it be that he would go though? I see the Bears. Yeah. But because the the Cowboys have that Raiders. Yeah, they did. They just I signed guess. him. I kind of like I kind of like the Raiders as a destination for us. Cap space True. wise, obviously, whoever he's not he's not going to New Orleans. I don't think cap space wise, he's obviously not going to Dallas since they uh, just inked Dak. It's going to be Raiders or Bears if 
they stick to his four options. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he's that eager to get out, if he expands his potential options outside of the four that his agent initially listed. But, yeah, so outside of Deshaun or Russ getting traded, I mean, yeah, you don't really have much quarterback. Options. You don't have no, you don't have many options. Uh, yeah. Nick, what do you do if you're Chicago? If I'm Chicago, if if I can't get Russell Wilson, I'm bringing in uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Uh, to see if see if we can guide this team somewhere because he's going to have weapons that he didn't have in Miami, and he's going to have a defense that's uh, comparable to what he had in Miami. So I think Fitzpatrick is a great fit for them, and then they would look for another uh, younger guy in the draft. Exactly. They they would yeah exactly. They would have to look for someone in the draft. Uh, they're a little further back, obviously, because they made the playoffs. At that point, you could probably still get um, unless Mike Tannenbaum is right and Mac Jones can slide past eight. I think Mac Jones might be available there. Trask might also be available there. I think it's highly unlikely that at that nineteen twenty spot you have uh, you have either Fields or Wilson available. Yeah. No like way. Wilson's going top five. It sounds like Fields is going very soon thereafter. That would be a very Nick, would you move down from three to what is it, nineteen? I'm not I'm not a Miami fan. I hate them. Yeah, Nick and I are Nick and I are Dolphins fans. I'm getting the feeling there, Brandon, that you are a Patriots fan. I haven't viewed your yeah, locker room. Yeah, you're all Boston. I yeah, see it there. But but I um but if you trade the third overall pick, you can get a lot of things. You can, but you miss out on a top 10 talent. And it sounded like, did you hear Flores' press conference, Nick, this week? I did not, know. He mentioned, he said, someone asked him who they're looking at with that pick, and he said, we don't know who we're getting yet. Obviously, he didn't give anything away, but it's very excited that we're going to be able to get someone in the top 10. So it sounds like Flores is already calling on GM saying, we'll move out of three, but we're not moving out of the top 10. Yeah, I think that's smart. I think, you know. Carolina might be fine. Right. As interesting as a trade with the Bears might be, I just I, Miami's got such a great opportunity here to get uh, a top ten pick and still move back and pick up a draft pick for next year. And I think, you know, moving back to nineteen, I just think that's a bit of a gamble because you're you don't know what you're going to necessarily get. There might be some really good uh, defensive players there, and you might be able to get one of those stud top tier running backs. But if if you don't if you don't come out of this first round, like I've said all year, with a with a top wide receiver, you did something wrong. Yeah, if Chicago wants to move up from 20 to 18, I'm all ears. But uh, no, uh, no no, going from 20 to 3. I'm sorry, it's just not happening. How about Carolina? Or, well, Carolina, Carolina I'd, be, I'd be willing to move to 8, for sure. I, I yeah. think you get a first-round pick out of that deal. I think you're still getting a Chase Smith or Waddle at that spot, or yeah, maybe yeah, exactly, even Kyle exactly. Pitts if he falls that far. Uh, one of those four. I want one of those four. Yeah, but just, just take um, Kyle Pitts out, and we'll be just fine. <laughs> He's. Not, I'm, I'm letting you. I'm letting you know right now, Brandon. Kyle Pitts ain't sliding all the way to 15. It's just not happening. There's, okay. there's, there's no shot. He's just too good. Yeah, and you can move up for him though. They have the the, the sicky dude. They do, but you know what? I'll run two tight end sets all day long. Kyle, all Kyle day Pitts, long. Kyle Pitts is one of those guys you can put him on the outside. He doesn't need to play the middle yeah. tight end spot. Yeah, he would solve a lot number. of their receiving issues immediately, right out the gate. You could get him at twelve too. I'd be willing to, as Miami to move down basically to about twelve, anywhere in between three and twelve to get it, and you still get a top offensive weapon. Yeah, Justin's saying there in the chat, Justin Fried, and he's totally right. Obviously, calling him out because he has an awesome name. 
that at this point it's about surrounding two with Taunton. I know we said all NFL, we'll get into more Dolphin specific in a bit, but um, it's, at this point, that's exactly what it is. It's about surrounding two with talent. It doesn't necessarily need to be a wide receiver by position name. If it's someone like Kyle Pitts, who's just an uber-talented playmaker, I don't care where they slot him. I don't care. They, they, they don't have to put a TE next to his name or a WR next to his name. They could just put PL next to his name for playmaker. It doesn't matter. He's, it's, a, it's a talented guy that I'm happy to have uh, on the team. I think most people would be happy to have as well. Justin's coming up to chat with us. Thank you, Justin, for, for jumping on the Pick Up the Lids podcast. Just, just real quick, appreciate you having me up here. Uh, first yeah. of all, yeah, a- excellent name, great name. I think it's the best <laughs> name in this entire uh, chat right now. So just a little biased, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> I just want to ask you guys, or at least, you know, the Dolphins people here, what do you think about the Dolphins possibly trading or making a move for Orlando Brown and then kicking Austin Jackson over to right tackle? I think, you know, Jackson, he had his, his fair share of struggles in year one. I think he was better than some people thought he'd be. Uh, but someone like Orlando Brown, who, you know, has been really good with Baltimore and obviously he wants to play left tackle. Miami has the draft capital to make it work. What do you think about that possible trade? Maybe a second rounder? No, yeah. I, I, I think they're going to need a first. I would imagine Ooh. you have to send the 18. This is the same. It's this, To me, it's a very similar conversation, except now you're adding a huge contract onto it, as the Pinay Sewell conversation, which Nick and I have had on here at length. At this point, Nick, I, I want to get your thoughts on this too, but for me at this point, you have three rookies who at this point look like they're going to be starting caliber players based on the development they had last year. Jackson, you're right, totally right, Justin, wasn't stellar, but was better than I think people are giving him credit for. Robert Hunt was one of the best tackles in the NFL from Week 12 beyond. Um, and Solomon Kinley really held his own, especially in the run game at guard. If you now trade for Orlando Brown, you're kicking Austin Jackson to right tackle. You're presumably pushing Robert Hunt inside at that point. Hope I think he could transition to guard. He has the body type for it. And then you you still want to start your rookie Solomon Kinley because you want to continue his development. Where are you putting Eric Flowers, who was pretty darn solid, and you owe $10 million to this year? I, I know you can never have too many starter caliber linemen, but I'm just – you're shuffling a lot around, and you have to bench a starter at that point. Never mind Jesse Davis is already going to be on the bench at that point. Yeah, so for me, I, I probably wouldn't make a trade for Orlando Brown. Um, great, uh, impressive talent, but like you said, I think Austin Jackson, you know, he suffered with he was suffering from an injury last year too, which definitely doesn't help, um, you know, offensive linemen in their play. So I think Austin Jackson is going to be fine at tackle. I don't make the move for Brown because I think, you know, Miami's already invested a considerable amount of draft capital in this offensive line. You said they got Eric Flowers. I think he's, you know, he was a lot better than people recognized because Miami's offensive line was one of the more, uh, one of the weaker ones over the course of the season. Eric Flowers was probably one of the more consistent and then Kinley being the other one um, in their play. So Miami doesn't, I don't think tackle is an Ephraim, especially when you consider that, if this trade that they made this week, giving up that seventh rounder for Isaiah Wilson, if that even comes close to panning out, right, then you do not necessarily need a tackle at all. And there was a lot of there was a lot of talk um, in the Dolphins camp that they loved Wilson in last year's draft. So um, there's I don't see the need for trading for an Orlando Brown. I recognize you know it would be an immediate upgrade at tackle, but I don't think there's a need there, especially if you have to give up a first round pick for him. That's fair. That's, that's definitely fair. My thinking is just that you know. Obviously, you know, the, the offensive line was very young last year. And, you know, like you said, I mean, Solomon Kinley, that was a great surprise. I don't think anyone saw him emerging like he did in training camp and becoming, a, you know, an all-around solid starter by year one. 
But I, I still have my doubts about Austin Jackson. I wasn't too high on him coming out of the draft. I think what you want to look for from Jackson is you want him to take that like Colton Miller type leak or that type sure. leak or leap where he like, you know, he's an athletic guy, super athletic tackle, high upside, still really young. But, you know, if you, you want to see him actually take, take that leap. And I don't know if you want to bank on him taking that leap. You want to bank on Robert Hunt, uh, you know, continuing to play well at tackle because I always saw him as more of a guard anyway. Uh, I think Kinley's going to be fine. I'm not sure he has, like, elite upside, but I think he's going to be a solid all-around guard. And, yeah, I mean, Eric Flowers, he was he was better uh, than people will give him credit for. I think the move to guard has been, you know, saved his career in a lot of ways. Uh, 100%. That O-line, it still needs work. Uh, and I think getting someone like – like well, I understand the argument against it, obviously, especially if you're, you know, giving up that first. I think if they give up 18, they'd probably – they try and get something back like a mid-round pick or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if Baltimore can get just 18 or can get 18 for him, especially, you know, if they don't have a ton of leverage. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that getting someone like Brown in there and being able to shore up, the, you know, the, the you know left tackle position would be fantastic. Cause you know, you're really, you're banking on a lot of, of development with the rookies, uh, with the young players. And, you know, with, you know, you want to surround two with talent. I don't know if it's if it's the best move. Like the offensive line still needs to be addressed, and I think you know landing someone like like Orlando Brown makes sense. But I understand not wanting to give up that draft capital, especially if you can you know land someone else, whether it's pick whether whether it's Penny Sewell at three or or someone later down, you know either at eighteen or maybe in the second round. I, I understand that. Uh, I'll and tell see, you one thing: it, if right. they do trade for Brown, I'm not upset about it. Like if you send right. eighteen for Brown and a fourth. Uh, I'll be – it's a good problem to have now that you have, you know, five or six actual starting caliber offensive linemen and just have to figure out where to put them. That's a good problem to have. It may not be the most efficient use of resources, especially because then you have to pay him as a, a top 10 probably tackle um, or at least top 15. Um, so it, it's it's not – I'm not jumping to do it. There are six other teams that are already reported as interested in, in Orlando Browns. So I don't know what that cost is going to be. But if I wake up tomorrow and I learn to brand his Miami Dolphin, I'm not upset about it. <laughs> right, right. That's fair. See, That's fair. see for me, I, you know, I, I, I see 18 as a, a really good opportunity for Miami to get a young, a really young stud player. For me, I'd, I'd still pass at 18 because I think you can and, – and, Justin, you kind of just said it. Uh, they could address some of their offensive line needs in the second round. There's a lot of good talent that would be available in that – around that 36 or 50 pick that Miami has. So – there, I right. think you can find a solution there and still get your your uh, top stud players in the first round at three and eighteen. And if Miami trades back, which we're all you know hoping that they do, and they're probably going to push to do, capitalizing on this QB market, they might pick up another second round pick, and then you can get you can get a couple of quality offensive linemen in that second round, whether it's uh, a, a Leatherwood or if it's a Humphrey or a Raddins or whoever it might be. You can, there's so much talent in that second round. I don't think you got to compromise your first rounders for it. That's true. That's definitely so, fair. I'm sure you've talked about it already. But who, who are you? What is your preference at three? Would you? you I, I assume you are in the trade down camp. Uh, but if you don't trade down, <laughs> if you don't trade down, who are you taking at three? Is it Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith? Who, who, who's your top pick right now, Nick? So I've been I've been going back and forth. It's for me, it's been Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase. Um, okay. At the beginning of the draft conversation, right after the season ended, I was I was saying Smith. I think I'm swinging more towards Jamar Chase as we go along here, um, but it's one of those two guys. 
I'm okay. definitely happy with either. But as of late, as of late, I I've been feeling. Listen, if they love Kyle Pitts, I'm I'm mm. in. I'm in. I know I am not replacing Mike Gesicki at all. And Justin, I don't know if you were in the room for this before, but I was saying I don't care if you label Kyle Pitts as a wide receiver, a tight end, or just call him a playmaker. It doesn't it doesn't matter at, at this point. We're all about. I, I think it might have been you in the chat who said we're all about surrounding Tua with with talent for talent's right. sake. And Kyle Pitts, I think, just might be the, like a, a top three player. Period. In this draft, if you were to rank just in terms of grade of players, obviously you have Trevor Lawrence right there at the top. I know some people have Panay Sewell that high. Others don't. If you look around at draft analysts, some people say Rashawn Slater is maybe the better tackle. But regardless, there's no argument. Kyle Pitts is one of the best tight ends to come out of college football in the past decade, if not more. I don't care where you line him up. It doesn't matter. It's another great weapon for Tua. Tight ends don't always make a massive impact year one. I think he'll be the exception to that. So I'm I'm in. If they love him that much, then pick one of the other best receivers later. There's so much receiver depth in this class. Pick oh, yeah. Tony at 18. Right. Pick Rondell Moore at, at 36. You know, you'll still get a top-tier wide receiver. Sure. That's true. The, the drop-off from tight end uh, and wide receiver is very, very, very different. Uh, I, I, I understand the, the Kyle Pitts thing. And maybe, maybe it's just because I'm a – I'm a, so I'm a Jets guy, right? I'm a Jets fan, and there, I don't even want to call it rumors because calling anything like Colin Coward says rumors is that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but he he was I think it was it was Colin Coward and Mel Kiper mocked Kyle Pitts to the Jets, and I, obviously it's a completely oh, different. Situation. I watched that video. Yeah, yeah, it's a completely different situation because you have the quarterback aspect, and you know Miami's not drafting a quarterback ninety nine percent like they're not drafting a quarterback. Uh, so obviously a different situation. I, I get Kyle Pitts that early. I would still lean Jamar Chase. He's my top receiver in this class. I think just think he's so, so good at everything. Uh, I understand the Devontae Smith camp too, because, you know, for Miami, obviously I have the experience with Smith and Tua. And I think Smith's a better scheme fit than Chase, but I just think Chase is the overall better talent. Uh, I, Pitts makes sense too, because I don't think Pitts makes it outside the top ten at this point. Uh, when, when you're saying that, when you're saying that about a tight end in any draft class, that's already that says something. Uh, but you're right. I mean, they have Gasicki, but it doesn't matter. Kyle Pitts is virtually a wide receiver anyway. He's just an offensive weapon. You could run twin tight ends. You could put him out in the slot. Hell, you could put Gasicki out there too. Gasicki is an uber athlete as well. There's no reason yeah. either of those guys have to play in line. Uh, so either way, as long as they're surrounding Tua with talent, whether that's Chase. Whether that's Devontae Smith, the P thing, he's the guy. Hell, whether it's that, you know, they trade down, maybe Jalen Waddle's the pick. Uh, either way, or Kyle Pitts. You know, either way, surround two with talent, build around him, make sure he has weapons and he has actual, you know, targets in the passing game. Make sure he's not throwing to Jakeem Grant uh, and, you know, you'll be in a better situation. 100%. And, I, you know, I love what you said about Waddle, too, because I actually think of all, the, uh, of all the top three receivers, I think Waddle might be the best complement to what's already on the roster, right? Uh, with with Preston Williams and Devontae Parker already there on the outside, Jalen Waddle would be a very good weapon for them underneath. So I, I would love for Miami to, to back up a little bit, go to, you know, that 8, 9, 10, 12, 11, 12 place and get Jalen Waddle out of it. I'd be very, very happy with that. I don't yeah. know about taking Kyle Pitts at three. I, I love Pitts, but I think Jamar Chase is a, is the better prospect. And I think you'd, you'd take Jamar Chase over him, but – I, I could see the argument because, like you guys said, Kyle Pitts is an outstanding player, and the drop-off is significant. So, Justin, I want to ask you, and then I'm going to bring uh, Josh Neen up here as well, just for questions to come up. You said you're a Jets fan, so there are obviously all these rumors out there about 
Um, you know, they're taking calls for Sam Darnold, but they're not itching to trade him if they don't have to, if they don't get an offer they're super excited with. We've seen him mock traded to Washington, to Carolina, to Chicago. And then there's the question of, of course, are they potentially going to swing for Deshaun Watson and when and if he becomes available? And if they do, Darnold will almost certainly be a part of that. And then as a third option, of course, as you just mentioned, there's the Zach Wilson talk at number two. So as someone who's, I'm sure, tuned into a little bit of what all the fans are feeling up there in New York, what are your thoughts on those three potential options? So, uh, you know, there's, I mean, there's, there's two camps of Jets fans. I'd say like 80% are, 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 you know, ready to move on from Darnold and 20% are still holding on to hope. They're like, you know, now they're going to keep him. He could still be salvaged. Uh, I could say with probably 90% sure, you know, I, I, I'm probably 90% sure right now uh, that Sam Darnold will not be on the Jets in 2021. Uh, he's going to be traded. It seems like it's inevitable at this point. Uh, whether that means that they end up drafting someone, you know, whether it's a Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, uh, I think that's probably the most likely route. Of course, there's always the Deshaun, Wat- the Deshaun Watson situation where, you know, the Jets are definitely monitoring that. Uh, they're seeing what's going on with that. And, you know, eventually Houston's going to have to come to the realization that they're not winning this battle. They're going to have to trade him. There's really no winning. There's, they can't win this situation because, uh, you know, just to briefly say that, like, the, 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 the only leverage they have is to be like, all right, well, you know, sit out and, and we won't pay you or whatever. Watson is going to eventually have to report. I think it's week 10 or 11. Uh, otherwise, his contract holds. He won't do that. So he'll report by then. But essentially what you've done now is you've wasted an entire year. You're now in the next offseason. You're in the same situation. Exactly. And you have less leverage because Watson has already made it clear he sits out and his contract costs more now. Uh, he has a higher cap hit. So I, I can't say you know that the Texans won't do that because their own incompetence is the reason they're in this situation in the first place. But it just you know it just doesn't make any sense for them not to trade him. Like they really they can't win here. So once they come to that realization, he's going to be traded. And the Jets they they have no one can touch the package that they can offer. Will they offer that package? I don't know, but. You know, that number two overall pick is so, so valuable because this is such a good quarterback class. And obviously, you know, you, the, the Texans, they're going to need to replace Deshaun Watson. And no one can, can offer them a better replacement than the, their pick of any quarterback not named Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and, you know, the Jets also have four first-round picks in the next two years. They have plenty of financial flexibility. No one can touch their offer. So I'm not ruling out Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, as, as much as it's still, still an outside possibility. But – they're going to move on from Darnold. I'm, again, 90 to 95% sure of it at this point. Teams like Washington are definitely interested. I could see San Francisco, Chicago, even even Carolina. I think Carolina wants to be more aggressive. I don't think that they want Darnold. I think uh, their preference would obviously be – I think they're going to be very aggressive with Deshaun Watson. I also can see them drafting a quarterback. I think I don't think Darnold is their top pick. But for a team like Chicago or Washington or San Francisco who might not have a chance at those top guys – I think they are more likely to be in that Sam Darnold market. If I had to predict right now what team Darnold's playing for in 2021, I, I would say Washington. That's that's my pick. Interesting. Yeah, didn't they? Didn't didn't the football team also just let go of their starting quarterback? Yeah, Alex. Yeah, Alex, Alex now, no longer. They have Taylor Heineke, who I am yeah. a huge <laughs> fan of, just because his name is fun to say and because he almost <laughs> knocked off Tom Brady, but. Uh, I don't think and they gave him a contract extension of, of what, like two years, um, what was it, like eight million or something like that. It was low, but uh, yeah. that it was more of a backup contract money. But I think he could be their spot starter if they draft a rookie who's not ready to play. Um, but Washington could, as they showed last year, 
could win some games. And so getting a competent quarterback like Donald isn't isn't uh, totally out there. Also, I, I like Chicago just because they need, 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 need to win now if uh, Matt Nagy is going to keep his job and Ryan Pace is going to keep his job. And I think you have a better shot with Darnold than you do with just about anyone else. You can make the argument and you can win as many games with their current roster, with the Ryan Fitzpatrick or an Alex Smith, if you want to. But Darnold's certainly going to get more uh, more fans in the seats than, uh, providing we can have fans in the seats, than Fitzpatrick or Alex Smith. For sure. I'll say one last thing on Darnold. Uh, it's just for any team to, to – and I, I look, I, I love Sam Donald coming out of USC. He was a fantastic quarterback prospect. Uh, and through the first two years, you know, it seemed like, all right, you know, he's progressing and hopefully he takes that next step in year three. And then, of course, he just completely regressed. His failures are 80 to 85 percent on the Jets organization. Obviously, uh, you know, that, that goes to Adam Gase. That goes to his lack of a supporting cast. You don't need to me to rehash why the Jets have failed Sam Darnold. Uh, but at this point – I don't think it matters why he's failed. He's, he's failed. And that's, that's really what's important here. And the problem is any team trading for him, I just, I don't know if he's going to get the opportunity that he really deserves because I, I it's just, it, the contract situation is what's most uh, you know, restricted because he has one year left in his rookie deal. Plus the, the fifth year option. Thankfully the fifth year option is not as, as high as most people thought. I think the projections were around, 25 million which if you're paying 25 million for sam darnold given what he's done right now it doesn't make sense i think right. it's now closer to around 18 million uh so any team trading for him will probably pick up that fifth year option but i don't think any team can go into next year with him as your guaranteed starter uh just because like what we've seen and what we just saw last year i mean hell he was outplayed by a 35 year old joe flacco that's that's not good uh you know right. sam darnold for as much as his supporting cast has held him back he is not developed, and he. And it doesn't matter if he's only 23 years old. Hell, he's going to his fourth year in the NFL. Uh, he should be better than he is now, and it just doesn't make sense for me for any team to to bank on him. So if he is, you know, traded to a team like Washington, um, I don't, I don't see him succeeding because I don't think that they're going to be able to, you know, develop him properly. And I think, you know, I think I think that Heineke uh, could give him a run for his money and even beat him out in in training camp. Honestly, uh, I think his best chance of success. Uh, which I don't see happening is going to San Francisco, having you know being put in that offense, which he fit very much fits a Kyle Shanahan offense, uh, and being able to learn and develop under Kyle Shanahan, under Mike McDaniel, that entire uh, 49ers supporting that entire 49ers coaching staff, and San Francisco would have to go all in on him and be like, you know what, this is our guy we're going to build around, and then maybe yeah, I could see Donald succeeding, but I just I don't see San Francisco or even Washington or even Chicago teams that are trying to win right now doing that it's just you know he would have to really take a leap and show uh you know that he, he's ready to take on that full-time starting job in training camp i just and in preseason i just i don't know if it's going to happen i i've kind of soured on the sam darnold will find success i'll be rooting for him i i really hope he's a great kid great guy and just got screwed over by an incompetent organization so i'm rooting for him yeah I don't know if it's going to happen. The one thing I'd say about him is, like, I wouldn't put everything on him, but, you know, the Gase effect is real. Us Dolphin fans yeah. know. Yep. Like, the part. <laughs> oh, the Gase yeah. effect is a real thing. So I wouldn't For put sure. everything on Darnold, but, you know, he's still got a chance. He's he's still really young. Like, age, age is a real thing. He's been in the NFL for a while, so he's got that experience, but he's young. Isn't he Joe Burrow's age? Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's younger than Joe Burrow. He's, he's yeah. younger than Joe Burrow. I wouldn't bank entirely on the Gase effect being the reason he's not good, but, like, it's a real thing. 
Oh, it's it's totally it's the reason. It's percent like, a real thing. Yeah. yeah, he failed because mo- a lot because of Adam Gase, because of uh, a poor offensive line, because of a poor supporting cast. All of those reasons are why he failed. But it's like he hasn't developed for those reasons. But it doesn't matter why he hasn't developed. He hasn't developed. And it's just I don't know if he's going to get the chance, you know, because the Jets were supposed to you know, the, the, the goal was to build around him in those three years. He was their guy. That was the number three overall pick. They were going to build around him. He's not going to get that same chance on another team. No team that's trading a second round pick for him is going to be like, all right, you know what? We're going to go all in on this guy. Like, I just don't think that he'll get that opportunity. I right. hope he does. I, I genuinely hope he does. But I just I don't know how willing teams are going to be to do that. Yeah. And if I'm the Jets, there's no way I don't. Like, I pass on Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. Right. Like, yeah, it's not a question. Yeah. That's I, I, obviously there's still some fans that are in the, you know, it's, Darnold screwed over. It's the, the Gase effect. It's all on everyone else, not on Darnold. But, it, you know, it doesn't really matter because he hasn't. And he's going to have to get paid, too. So, like, the rookie yeah, contract exactly. too valuable. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just. When you have the number two overall pick in, in this good of a quarterback class, and there's the possibility even for Deshaun Watson, like there's just so many better alternatives, uh, not only you know with a higher upside, but with honestly a higher chance of success. Like there's a much higher chance that Zach Wilson would succeed with the Jets than Sam Darnold at this rate. You know, just given Darnold's contract situation and how through three years he really hasn't developed. Like the, the Darnold we saw last year was pretty much the Darnold we saw in his, his last year at USC. Like, he regressed that much. He progressed from year one to year two and completely regressed in year three to the point where it's like, how do you even bank on this guy, you know? Like, he's going to have to unlearn all the stuff he, he learned with the Jets. And it's just, I don't know. I, 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 feel, I feel real bad for him. But that's, that's And it's Darnold a really interesting that. point you're making, Justin, about his contract. Uh, and I, I wanted to bring this up in the context of uh, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson talk as well, mm-hmm. that at this point, you're going to have to pay Donald Wright if he succeeds for a year. And I saw um, a statistic, it was from uh, the Rich Eisen show earlier this week. They talked about how every single quarterback of the past decade and a half that has won a Super Bowl that is not named Brady or Manning, Peyton or Eli, but that is not named Brady or Manning, every single quarterback that has won a Super Bowl or led their team to a Super Bowl has been on a rookie deal. And that's including, that's counting Carson Wentz for the Philly Super Bowl because he led the most of the way there. Every single quarterback that was not named Brady or Manning was on the rookie deal. It is really, 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 really hard, really hard to get to the Super Bowl and win when your quarterback is taking up 15 plus percent of your cap space. It's just, you need a quarterback that is a Brady or Manning level player to do that almost you know the uh, almost every single time so the idea of trading for Darnold and then immediately having to pay him after if he does well for a year obviously having a good quarterback and having to pay him is a good problem to have as you've seen with teams like Seattle right with Cowboys recently with Dak but it's still a problem and it's still hard to build out a Super Bowl caliber roster with that uh with that kind of of contract on your book so uh, that'll most certainly be, especially in this COVID level, uh, COVID era cap situation, uh, a factor that many teams are taking into account. And I'm curious, uh, Nick, I know we talked about Russell Wilson a bit last week, but uh, things have heated up there more. So we're seeing other players, former Seahawks players come out and talk on his behalf, either for or against him. Uh, Mike Robb went on, uh, Mike Robinson went on, NFL Network and said he's not exactly sure what Russ is pissed about at this point because he's been paid, he's been given uh, plenty of control of the offense, even if it's not total control, definitely plenty of input. 
at this point, if if you guys are, are betting people, do you say that you're betting that Russell Wilson is playing for Seattle week one and that this kind of all just blows over and that it more turns into a Deshaun-level situation and he's playing for the Raiders or Bears and or expands his uh, level of potential teams that he can be traded to over yeah, the next the, few months? The Seahawks took him off their season ticket pictures. They, uh, they don't yeah. have him on there. That's interesting. Which, See, but the, which that's marketing people deal. doing that. Is it a big deal, though? Like, is someone going to the marketing people and saying, well, who, hey, take Russ out of our picture? at least something. Who on that <laughs> roster – yeah, it's at least something. Who on that roster is supposed to be on that ticket if not for Russell Wilson? I, I think that what we are getting ourselves to is Russell Wilson – you said – can we, can we uh, definitively say who he's playing for? I'm going to tell you, that week one he's not playing for the Seahawks. I would not really? be shocked if he's – yeah. I, the way things have just been picking up, the little signs, like what Josh was saying about the tickets thing, I think that means a lot. You know, more than you think it does, right? I, I get the Who's going to the marketing great. people, though, and say, like, wouldn't you, even if you think Ross might get traded, don't you keep him on? That's just a, I think it's a marketing gaffe, in my opinion, as a marketing, as a, as a student who, uh, one of my majors is marketing. I just think that's a marketing gaffe. Uh, I, see, I feel like in the world that we live in right now with uh, the, all the different slight, tiny little messages that are being thrown around on social media and stuff like that, liking posts, and that means something like this means something. It means more than I think people say. I don't think he's going to play uh, for Seattle. I, if he goes, Chicago is an interesting and I think a very good place for him um, if they can swing a trade like that. But just because things are starting to heat up a little bit, I just – I get this. I get this vibe that we're not going to see Russell Wilson in Seattle anymore. I think. I think that even though he has control, Seattle continues to just kind of ignore the real problems, and that's him getting his ass handed to him every single time he plays football because people are destroying him. You know, Russell Wilson recognizes that he's not the youngest quarterback in the league. He definitely has a lot of good time left in for his career. Like I'm not saying his career is over at all. He's got at least five, six quality years left. But if he keeps getting hit at the rate he's getting hit, he's going to hurt himself. And in a sport where sometimes injuries are devastating to careers, if I'm Russell Wilson, I've said for years, protect me. You have not protected me. I, I'm a, he's a nice guy, right? That's pretty clear based on his time in Seattle. He's a nice guy. So this is, I think this is as close to a temper tantrum we're going to get with Russell Wilson. I don't, see him, I don't see him playing with Seattle next year. Yeah, I think the Bears are desperate enough, too. See the one obstacle with the one obstacle with the Bears and with really any of these teams, it's just it's so hard to put together like a competent uh, a trade package or like a, a feasible trade package because you know Seattle's going to need to replace Russell Wilson and how are they going to do that with you know the 19th pick in the draft if Chicago trades for him or you know or whoever like it's just it seems very unlikely like the only teams that I could see being reasonable. I mean, the Jets aren't going to trade for him. The Dolphins aren't going to trade for him, even though those are the teams that can probably offer the most. Uh, I mean, if it was going to be, if it was, if they were going to trade him somebody, it would have to be a team like the Raiders or something who can give them an actual quarterback back in return, like Derek Carr. I don't see that happening. That would be an absolutely insane blockbuster deal. But like, what is Chicago giving Seattle that's going to convince them, hey, you know, we got it. We're going to trade Russell Wilson. I don't think Russell Wilson is getting to the point where he's going to you know, hold out. I, mean, I don't think the least the soldier feel. That's what they have to send at this point. Because they have <laughs> yeah, no pretty much. Pretty much. I don't know land Mike Dicka. They'll just give him their whole draft. Yeah, I, <laughs> even I, that I, wouldn't do it. Even that. I don't even think that's enough. Well, I genuinely don't think that's enough. Like, I think it's, you know, when you're talking about yeah. Wilson, you're talking to Deshaun Watson type package. And it's just, 
I don't think those teams can can really do that. I mean, the Bears can always like throw in like an Allen Robinson because you know the tag and trade that could be a thing. Uh, they'd have to give up assets in, in other than draft picks. But Seattle needs to replace Wilson, and how are they going to do that? Unless unless they're just saying screw it, let's completely rebuild and tear down the roster and you know go with the Pete Carroll's not doing year. that though. Pete Carroll's right. not. I don't think that. so either. Exactly. He's too old. Carroll... He's not. He's just. He's not doing that. <laughs> exactly. Pete Carroll is. He'll, he'll realize like you know by the time that we rebuild, I'll be eighty five. Like I. <laughs> It's just I, I don't know. I, I think Russell Wilson's playing for Seattle next year. I th- and I want to say this, too. I love Russell Wilson. Amazing person. Amazing dude. Uh, and just, you know, an incredible player. But I, I think Seattle's offensive line is a little bit better than people give him credit for now. Like, it obviously was bad for some years, but it's better now. And I, I still think a lot of the sacks that he, he takes are partially on him. And I think that's something that people ignore. And it's not something people want to talk about. But Wilson, you know, his play style, he, he holds on to the ball for a little long, not to nitpick one of the greatest quarterbacks of this era. Uh, but I think that, you know, part of the, part of the issue is him taking sack, more sacks than he should. Not that he has every right, he has every legitimate, every reason to, you know, be like, hey, I want to play for a different team. He has every right to do that if he wants. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get to that point. I still think Wilson's playing for Seattle next year. I just don't think, especially the teams that, you know, are supposedly on his list, I just don't think any of them are really reasonable options. Yeah. Right? I just don't know if any of those teams can actually like, trade. How much better is the Bears' offensive line than the Seahawks? That's what I was going to say. Right. Exactly. I, I, because J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, and Aaron Donald won't be in this division anymore. I, yeah. I'm just not 100%. I don't really get what he's so ups- – I just don't really understand. Like, you, you've been paid as a top-tier quarterback. You've made yourself one of the biggest celebrities of the game in this city. You have a fantastic GM and a great head coach. The whole city adores you, and presumably the rest of the organization does too, unless there's some sort of odd, strange personal feud going on between him and people high up in the organization. I don't really get, like, no one has a perfect situation. Every NFL team has its kinks. You have phenomenal weapons at your disposal too in Metcalf and and Lockett and a great stable of running backs. Like, no organization is perfect. I wouldn't prefer to play, if I'm Russell Wilson, in Chicago right now, than Seattle, just based on an outsider's perspective. So the only thing I could think of as to why he's brought it this far is because he has some strange personal feud with other uh, um, Schneider or or Pete Carroll. I just I don't see another reason why. Yeah, because that's the thing. Because even Aaron Rodgers hasn't won like more than two Super Bowls. It's like it's he's, hard. He's gotten it's there hard so, to win. He's a winner still. He gets to the playoffs all the time. So I just don't get the complaint as much. You know, like. Tom Brady wins all the time. Not everyone could be right. I, that, it seems like he wants to be Brady. He's like, I saw Brady go from New England to Tampa, get everything he wants, for, at least from an outsider's perspective. He got AB, he got Gronk, he got uh, all the players, Leonard Fournette, and some money still, and he won. I want to do that. I want to be Brady. But you're not, I'm sorry, Russ, you're not. You're not Tom Brady. Right. There's only one. That's. I think that's exactly it. I think a lot of it is, is the Brady effect. I think there's so much focus that's put on winning and winning championships specifically that, you know, he sees his legacy as, you know, what's my legacy going to be? I want to be seen as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And I don't know if he sees himself winning another Super Bowl in Seattle. And I think that might be part of it. Now that said, I don't know why he sees himself possibly winning a Super Bowl in Chicago or, you know, wherever. I don't think that situation is necessarily going to be more conducive to a, a Super Bowl winning roster. But I, I think that's what it comes down to is just the idea of legacy and, he wants to win championships and maybe he just feels as it's not going to happen with the Seahawks. I just, what confuses me is the teams that 
are reportedly, you know, on his list. I just they're not feasible options and they're also not really better options. I, See, I that's wonder. Why, that's why I don't know if legacy is the issue, right? Because you just said it like the the teams he's potentially going to, they're not winning a Super Bowl next year, right? They're not a quarterback. Except maybe New Orleans. Except potentially but they can't New Orleans, afford it. But, but they can't right, afford it. Yeah. But they have <laughs> no shot. Issues. Exactly. So uh, that that leads me to think, Justin, what you were saying is, is more real than we think it is, is that something happened in this last offseason or last season that just soured a relationship with somebody, and that's why he wants out. It's got to be. I, and I, I don't even know what that could be. I mean, players fight with coaches. It ha- like, we know that happens, too. You said about A.B. was interesting because he wanted A.B. there and Tom Brady got him, you know? Like, right. Tom Brady got exactly yeah. what he wanted. So maybe that's how he feels disrespected. It's just. I, I hope to, it's not that. Can I just say that? Oh, uh, for real. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like His expectations are too high. If that's the case. Right. Exactly. You. You remember. This is not. The, it, I don't care who you are. You can't always get what you want. Right. You're, that's exactly. not how the world works. Uh, unless you're Tom Brady, apparently you get whatever you want. But yeah. he's not Tom Brady. I, so it, it, I hope that has nothing to do with it. Yeah, someone's got to play him that song because, as as Brian Flores alluded to in his press conference yesterday or two days ago, you just you don't always get what you want. The band is eluding me right now, and it's going to make Rolling Stones. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, someone's got to play some Rolling Stones for Russell Wilson right now because to me, he's had one of the best quarterback situations you could ask for over the past decade. I know the O line was for some years in shambles, some years subpar, and some years average, but outside of that which, again, is an important factor. But outside of that, pretty perfect scenario between coach, GM, weapons, um, and, and defense sure. that he was given. So a little bit odd to me. I'm going to take that Brian Flores line, and Nick, I'm going to swerve us a little bit more into Dolphin-specific talk before we, uh, before we come up on the end of our show. So Brian Flores obviously had this press conference this week, spoke to reporters for the first time since the senior bowl and before that since the end of the year, and obviously was asked a bunch of questions the two questions were asked, and he still backed up his quarterback. But it was the free agency questions that I think will be more fun to talk about today. So he was asked what their philosophy and plan is for free agency, and he made that Rolling Stones reference. He said, I'm going to be playing that song quite a bit because we got money, but it's not going to be like last year. Uh, we obviously want to be smart with our money. So since we last talked, obviously a lot of guys have been cut. Guys have been franchise tagged. Alan Robinson's off the board. Chris Godwin's off the board. So given this new crop of free agents that we're looking at right now, we're still seeing Aaron Jones connections to Miami. We're hearing about Kenny Galladay no. to Miami. Where where are you putting your $33 million in cap space now that we have officially had Van Noy cut and uh, that punter from no Carolina, Brown. Mike Pilardi signed? John so Brown. From, I, I actually I heard you say that, and I wanted to give you a second to say because I think John Brown is a really interesting pick too because he's a – He's another one that's like a complimentary skill set to what the receivers already do on the on the roster. So John Brown is interesting. Um, I'd be comfortable with Kenny Galladay. He'd be an immediate upgrade over, obviously, Preston Williams. I even think he'd be an upgrade over Devontae Parker, to be honest with you. Um, but if you move Devontae Parker to that number two role and have Kenny Galladay there, I think that's going to be, um, you know, I think that's going to lead to a pretty solid receiving core. I do not want them to throw money at Aaron Jones. In the worst possible way, I do not want them to put money into the running back position because yep. I've already got two quality running backs in Miles Gaston and Salvin Ahmed. I think that my, they could easily get uh, Najee Harris or Travis Etienne if they want them, a Javante Williams or a Mike Carter if they want them. There is no need for Miami to put money in a running back position because, Justin, you were just talking about how it's hard for teams to win when they've got so much money wrapped up in their quarterback. 
if you got that much money wrapped up in a running back, it's even harder, right? You can't yeah. put money into the running back spot. I, I, I hate to say it, but Aaron Jones is not the most dominant running back of his generation. He should not be paid, at least in my opinion, the money that would have to bring him to Miami. So I am 100% against bringing in Aaron Jones to this roster. It doesn't make any sense to me. The only way I see it being a smart move, and you gave the caveat, but I'm just going to expand on it, is if this current salary cap situation depresses his market such that he's not being paid Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry money. Because that's what he's got. I'm assuming that's what he's shooting for since Green Bay already offered him a reasonable extension and he hasn't taken it yet. So I'm assuming he's shooting for that market. If he gets the free agency and no one gives him that money, and he's like, okay, now I'm looking for the best destination that's going to pay me, let's say, $8 million. Then I'm in because he is a phenomenal running back, dual threat. He does everything you want a stellar star number one running back to do. But I just, period, cannot justify uh, giving $14 million to a running back. Derrick Henry right now to me is the only name off the top of my head where I can say that deal has thus far worked out and may continue to work out. I know we already saw McCaffrey, Kamara, and Cook get their money, but uh, it was all within the past year, and CMC barely played. Cook's extension, I don't think he's even kicked in yet, and other has, has Camaras. So uh, you look at all the others, right? You look at David Johnson. Obviously, that one didn't work out so far. Uh, the Cowboys got more production per uh, per carry from Tony Pollard than they did from Zeke last year. So that sure. one, I'm not so sure, is going to continue to work out and, either. And look at the problems they have with signing exactly. people that actually matter. Like It makes no exactly. sense to tie your money up in a skill position. I'm or at least the running back position. You know, you can make an argument for a top-tier receiver if you've got uh, one of those guys there, but I'd rather put the money into that than a running back. I just think that's a, a not a smart way to spend your money. Exactly. I, I wouldn't mind, um, if he's not too expensive, Chris Carson. Is it, okay, I like, I like Chris Carson. The injuries scare me. I'm curious about the price, though, because he's the next best running back on the market after Aaron Jones. If I, I'm not paying Chris Carson eight, eight or nine million, I'll pay him what we paid Jordan Howard last year. But I'd be I'd be nervous to do it because the dude's always hurt. He's yeah, always I feel hurt. Like Chris Carson would be someone we would sign after the draft if we didn't get like Etienne or uh, Williams or something like. Exactly, and I've seen James Conner rumors. Just I don't want that. I'm not a fan of that. Not a fan of that. In Miami, if I'm against I think the, Aaron Jones, I'm more against James Conner. Yeah, Miles Gaskin exactly, and he'll be cheaper. James Conner, by a lot, but like cheaper, probably yes. better, honestly. <laughs> you're you're getting very similar play. I think Gaskin's a bit smaller, but you're still getting similar play from. Yeah, it's not a huge upgrade. I, I'm all, at this point. I really only feel, unless I get a massive discount on Chris Carson, I'm only paying Aaron Jones, and I'm not paying him uh, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. Uh, money uh, I, but that is the only running back where if we pay him and the deal is relatively reasonable i i'm, I'm yeah i'm happy with pay, it like aaron jones for two years i feel like i'd be more comfortable with that i don't like these like four that's year the deals. other thing it's got to be it's got to be like a, a three or four year deal and only the first two are guaranteed or some sort of one or two year deal and he's hoping to cash in again in in a year or two please 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 don't give him a zeke deal where it's like five or six years it's just not that's I, we don't need that right yeah i, I think that is just just better off, like as as oh, most teams are, just better off unless they can get Jones, like you said, on a you know if it's like eight or nine mil a year, which who knows how the market's going to develop. I can't see that happening unless you know the salary cap really takes its toll. Uh, but I think they're just better off at you know signing a guy, whether it's like Jamal Williams or Kenyon Drake, or, you know bringing Kenyon Drake back to Miami. 
uh, and then just addressing it in the middle rounds of the draft or early and maybe like second round in a draft because they have plenty of early draft capital. I don't know if that means, you know, taking like a swing on a Najee Harris or Travis Etienne at pick 18 or if you trade down from three uh, or if it just means, hey, you're going to target it in you know the second round or even the third round. But I don't think it's wise to, to use the cap space they have on Aaron Jones when there's guys like, I mean, hell, they can still go after a guy like Joe Tooney. I know we talked about upgrading the offensive line before and how, you know, the, you know, they have the guard positions, you know, they have Eric Flowers and Solomon Kinley, but this is Joe Tooney. Paper you know, center. Have, give me, give me David Andrews. Give me Lindsley right. from Green Bay. Right. Or yeah. Austin Ryder from Kansas city. Like there's exactly there's the Kansas city. Tackles. Of, right. Yeah. There's plenty of, of, of good players out there. And especially like a wide receiver. I think Ken mentioned this in the chat. Curtis Samuel's an awesome fit. Oh, yeah. Like, that would be an With Jamar Chase at the same time. Oh, oh. Yes, please, yeah. Curtis Samuel. Like, as much as Kenny Galladay, as great as he is, and as, you know, he's going to get 20 mil a year on the, on the open market, probably, or close to it. As great as he is, I just I don't think that's a smart move from Miami because he's kind of a redundant skill set to, like, Devontae Parker and even Preston Williams a little bit. Uh, and, you know, obviously, he'd be an upgrade. But I think Justin mentioned the phrase before you know, there's a better way to allocate your resources. Uh, and I think this is, you know, that, that would be a situation where you don't want to spend more than half your cap space on Kenny Galladay when you can sign a, a Curtis Samuel and then go after another offensive lineman for a lot cheaper. Like that's, I think that's just, that's the better way to address that. What, what, what do you guys think about, and in the similar line to uh, Curtis Samuel, the Miami, Miami going after someone like Juju, like Juju Smith Schuster. Nick, what are your thoughts on Juju? I'm not, I'm, not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of Juju. I don't, I think he's, um, you know, his numbers are a product of throwing the ball 6 million times in Pittsburgh. Um, I, I am not a big fan of Juju. Uh, and I don't think he'll, I don't think the way that he kind of carries himself will gel with Brian Flores and what he's trying to do. I don't, I don't like, yeah. I don't like Juju. Uh, I, I, I'm conflicted on Juju because I love the skill set match for Miami. Scheme fit wise, right. I think he's perfect. And I also love the fact that he's really young. I think he's still like 23, 24. He was, I think was the youngest player in the NFL his rookie year. So uh, I, there, there's stuff to like there. The market, I, I'm very curious about because I, I don't think he'll get what a lot of people thought he was going to get when he was going into his contract year last year because he had very recently come off that massive year where he played next to AB. I think it was uh, two years earlier. That, that, that's now a, a bit of time ago, right? So his stats over the past couple of years may depress his market a bit. If he's going for like 14-ish, 13, I, I'd be into it. I think he's going to go for more though. I, the whole TikTok thing, uh, I, I'm not so sure how much of a problem that is. I think as you, first of all, he's going to get older. I think he'll grow out of it a little bit. It's funny to say, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. It's not like he's a head case in the locker room. It's not like he's yelling at coaches or having, you know, super huge sideline tantrums. I know there's been some on-field stuff here and there, but uh, it's the whole personality thing I don't think is a massive problem. Uh, he's not necessarily – he wanted to go back to Pittsburgh with a bunch of other receivers nearby. He was um, uh, obviously Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. He wanted to play with them, so I don't think he's necessarily a me, me, me guy. Uh, but it could be an issue. I'm, I'm not – it's hard to gauge that. I don't know how you guys feel. I think it's just the, it depends on what team and you know who's running the show essentially. Like it's it's a little bit of an immaturity thing. I don't think it like again he's not an issue with the team. I don't think that him being on a team is gonna you know be he's not gonna be a locker room cancer or anything. But it really just depends on the GM and the head coach. You know how they view that situation. Do they view him as you know oh he's immature uh, we don't want to add him or do they view him as oh you know what he's a talented player who 
has a little bit of maturity issues, but that's fine. And, you know, we can overcome that. I think that if you look at teams like, uh, you know, Seattle or something, they've constantly taken on guys like that and, you know, kind of not, they didn't, they wouldn't really care about stuff like this. I'm not sure where Chris Greer and, and Brian Flores would stand on that. I think, I feel like Chris Greer and Brian Flores, for as much as people make them out to me, hard those guys, I feel like they wouldn't care as much about this. I think it's more of like, the old school regime of like, you know, oh, like players can't be making any noise. They can't do anything off the field. They just got to be, you know, at football players. And they should be thinking Robots. about football all the time. <laughs> I, I think it's more that old school approach and those kind of old school GMs and, and coaching staffs that would have more of an issue with it. I feel like Miami wouldn't, but that's just speculation on my part. It's not, it's not like they've taken, um, they've refused to take on interesting personalities before. It's just right. this would be the highest profile, right? You traded a seventh right. round pick for Isaiah Wilson. That's, yeah, you know, you could cut no, him and, and there's no issue. You, they took on Mark Walton, who had issues, but again, easy to Preston cut Williams him. Preston, Preston Williams, too. Preston Williams had some issues, had but again, un, undrafted free agent, yeah. easy to get rid of. So right. Flores has a bit of a no-nonsense approach, but he is willing to take on personality projects. It's just that thus far, they've all been low risk. Right. Juju Smith-Schuster, though, very different problems than the other three. It's not like he That's has... Good issues with the law it's not like he's screaming at head coaches or, or position coaches so uh, the it's a very different kind of issue which is why i'm i'm thinking maybe even though he's much more high profile they'd be willing to uh, they'll probably bring him in for an interview right and then they'll 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 get a gauge or maybe not bring him in but zoom uh, zoom him in for an interview <laughs> so i'm sure they're not just going to sign him sight unseen i'm sure they've also done their due diligence he's a friend of tua by the way they're off the field. You see them in pictures together all the time. I'm sure the last two of what he thinks of of Juju. So right. uh, wouldn't shock me. I'm not. I'm not paying him twenty or eighteen million. Which no, no maybe, way, no way, uh, no way, no shot, no way, no. no shot. Yeah, Nick. Anything else Dolphins related you want to jump into before we start so to wrap you, up the show? Just, just how do you feel about some of the defensive guys that are available for free agency? Whether it's yeah. a uh, like a Malik Hooker, who might be a really good addition for the Dolphins if Eric Rowe is going to keep playing that uh, tight end stopper. And you want an upgrade, a potential upgrade over Bobby McCain. Malik Hooker might be a, a name to, you know, consider because he might be super cheap, seeing that he can't stay healthy. I like Malik Hooker. I don't even know if you necessarily need to cut Bobby McCain. I, I, I would be shocked. There are four players right now on this team that I would be shocked if we didn't see a restructure or release of one of them. Alan Hearns, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, all receivers, and then Bobby McCain. Um, because they have a very different type of player in Brandon Jones waiting, but they also potentially sign someone else at a lower cost than Bobby McCain. I don't, I've seen a lot of Bobby McCain potentially leaving rumors and I'm not super into it just because he's uh, definitely a defensive leader in that locker room, but it wouldn't shock so one of those four, I think. Noy. Yeah, that's exactly. True. That's true. But now they're a defensive leader short. So maybe they can on, on, on McCain for that. But if he's cut, I like Malik Hooker. I like Trey Hendrickson as an option too. too. I like Me Trey too. Hendrickson as an option. He's had one huge year. Obviously, you have those concerns, but I i mean, part of the reason for that is because he was never a full-time player before then. Sure. They had other guys who were taking up that spot. Obviously, Cam Jordan takes up the spotlight as well in New Orleans. He's only 26, right? And this is a guy that, Nick, I think from your alma mater as well, so there's that yeah, obviously right. as, a, as a plus. So I really like Trey Hendrickson, and I don't think he's going to cost, you know, net, like – Aaron Donald type defensive player money. He's just not that caliber of guy. So if you can get him for one of those, let's say, top 12 edge rusher salary, top 15 edge rusher salary, 
I'm I'm putting my money on him. That's you put him in rotation with Lawson and Ogba. Yes, please. I'm all in. Yeah, I'm How'd actually. I would love Hendrickson. I would love them to put that money into Hendrickson than like an Aaron Jones. Right? We're talking about where to put the money. That makes a lot more sense to me because that's yes. what this team could use another dominant edge rusher. They really could, and that would be an easy fix. And then they can prioritize uh, other guys in the draft. How do you guys uh, feel about like uh, a linebacker at 18? Uh, I'm really into the idea love of. It. Uh, Owusa Koromora. Yes. Yes. 100%. It made me, when we cut Van Noy, I really wondered if we, like, had some ideas about we wanted to go linebacker in the draft or not. Because it just... Yeah, so I've been been looking at that 18 pick as a way to get either an edge rusher or a linebacker, kind of depending on how the board falls. Uh, But the more I've been reading up on Owusa Koromoa, the more I'm falling in love with the guy. Like, he is... He's a three-down inside linebacker that Miami hasn't had since Zach Thomas. A consistent three-down inside linebacker who adjusts, whose whose skill set is tailor-made for the passing attacks that we see in the NFL. For real. Right now. I think he would be an incredible. Him and I Baker think be would be so fast. At 18. So yeah, fast. Absolutely. That combo would and then be if, so And then if you've insane. got Van, Gink- uh, Van Ginkle there as well coming off the edges and providing you a little athleticism there, I think the linebacker core would be great. I think – I think Miami should focus all of its energy to making sure they got Owusu Koromoa at 18. That's the I think it's a great pick. Yeah, that's my dream. That's my dream right there. The running backs in the second round, like Williams or Carter or something like that, are good enough that I feel like if we missed out on Harris or Etn, it wouldn't like kill us. I completely agree. And there's still yeah. if you take Owusu Koromoa at 18, there's still a good chance you can get an Etn or a Harris. At 36, kind of just depends on what happens. But there's still that opportunity. Yeah, that's how I feel, right? too. Because a lot of teams might mm-hmm. try and – yeah, so I, I think you're getting a stud inside linebacker, a little undersized, right? He's a little uh, light. He might need to put on some muscle. Um, but even then, like, his athleticism is his best gift. So let him use that. Let him use that to, to keep tight ends and running backs at bay in the inside. The only yeah, – was- Go way on, I on. don't see them targeting someone like him at 18 is if you either trade up for Micah Parsons or trade back at three and then grab Micah Parsons. But outside of outside of Micah Parsons, that might be the top linebacker uh, waiting in the draft. So if he falls he that can, far, I'm in. And he can rush the passer, too. He had like eight and a half sacks in 2019. He's, he's, his skill set is perfect. He does everything well. Yeah, I was going to bring up linebacker because I just I my, I feel like that's a need. Uh, you know, one of the one of the the biggest needs for Miami, especially on defense, is just you know, Landon Roberts is bad. I I have never been the biggest Jerome Baker fan, and I have a couple of friends who are Dolphins fans, and they give me shit for it. But I don't think Jerome Baker is very good. I think he's an athletic guy who's not bad in coverage, but he's very bad in run defense. And I just don't. I feel like people tend to overrate linebacker play because uh, you don't really get to see it. But like metrics would indicate, yeah, Baker's not very good. Uh, I, I don't think he's, especially if he's your top linebacker, that's bad. That's not a good situation to be in. Uh, that said, not to, not to shit all over Jerome Baker real quick. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I, I think that someone like, if they were going to go with a free agent route, Jayon Brown makes a ton of sense. That's the name I was just looking at. That's yeah, possible. It, the problem with that is I, I wanted the Jets to go up to Jayon Brown as well. But the problem is now that Matt Milano and Levante David have opened signed, he's pretty much the top linebacker on the market. I don't know what his market is going to be, you know, given the, the whole cap situation. Uh, but I, I bet it's going to be higher than it would have been now. And I do, I'm not a huge fan of, of paying, you know, a, a lot of draft or a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of money for an off-ball linebacker. I mean, especially for the Jets, you know, given C.J. Mosley situation. Uh, so, I, hey, for, for the Jets, I wouldn't want that. But for Miami, I, I think it could make some sense. 
Uh, I do love uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. I think he's a great player. I don't even know if he's going to like play that true linebacker role. Like he legitimately can play linebacker, edge, slot, corner. Like he's literally just everywhere on defense. He's, he's essentially like made for Brian Flores, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Like he's just you could you could there's so many things you could do with him. If not if not Owusu uh, Karmoa, someone like uh Zayvon Collins makes sense from Louisiana Tech. Uh I think he's another guy I like yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think he's another guy that could target. Probably not at eighteen. Yeah, I would like us to like maybe be behind twenty five for him. Right. Yeah, if he's available at thirty yeah, if he's there, I think it's thirty six is what Miami picks. If he's there yes. at thirty six, like that all day. That that's a win. That's a win. I, I on on the Jerome Baker comments. I think you were right if you were excluding last year. Last year he made a big leap in run defense. He was he was much better on his instincts. We saw problems before last year where he would take the wrong lane very often, and then he would try to make up for it with his speed and athleticism. And obviously that didn't work, especially against more bulldozing type running backs who can break through arm tackles. He was much more disciplined this year. He was much better with the instincts, and he was making a lot more of those tackles behind the line of scrimmage, which which we like to see. He's not his, his biggest strength though isn't run defense. He's more of a versatile guy who can be quick enough in uh, in coverage to get or with outside runs to get to the edge. So he was better this year than last year, but you're right. You don't necessarily want him as your top linebacker or the linebacker you're uh, necessarily counting on um, down in down out. So to give him a, a a partner, you know, on the inside, I think would make a lot of sense because Miami runs a lot of three four, and you want someone else with him on the inside who's a stout run defender. So I, I like Jayon Brown. You're right, though. The fact that Levante Davis is now off the table could inflate his market to the point where it just might not be worth it. But I would be surprised if Miami completely neglected the defense in free agency, So especially given Brian Flores' DNA. So I would expect someone uh, like a Trey Hendrickson to be pursued. And if not, then maybe they go for a, a second-tier guy like, uh, like a Jayon Brown. If you're looking for a cheaper option, I think like someone like Nicholas Morrow makes sense from the Raiders. Uh, he kind of has the similar skill set to Baker, so it'd be a little redundant. Not great in run defense, but a you know really athletic guy who's good in pass coverage. I, I can't imagine he'll go for any more than like four mil or five mil a year. So that that yeah. could be a cheaper option. I like Nicholas Morrow. I just think maybe he's a little redundant. Maybe he's not exactly what Miami's looking for, but just throwing it out there. Okay, I'm going to bring us to wrapping up the show. Uh, for anyone who has not been live with us in the locker room before with the Blitz podcast, we end every show with what Nick and I call the wild card question of the day, something totally non-football related. We get to talk uh, a little bit more just about us as people and hear from you guys on these points. So last week, Nick gave the wild card question. It was something really silly as usual. I think it was I think it was the clone, uh, the clone million the dollar question. Yeah, the doppelganger question. Doppelganger. Yes, not a clone. Uh, I'm going similarly positioned in terms of the fact that we're talking money again today. So here's the question. Nick, you're walking into the mall, and anyone else who wants to answer this kind of question, you're walking into the mall, and you find out that you have won a prize. You are the millionth person to ever shop at this mall, and so they are giving you $10,000. You have two hours to spend it. It has to be spent in the mall. Where are you going first, and how are you spending all of that money thereafter? Is there a Best Buy in the mall? Uh, I'm going to go with, based on the mall that's closest to you and me, which is Town Center. There is no Best Buy at the mall. There's no. So now I'm trying to... For anyone who doesn't know, Town Center is a relatively upscale mall. So we got some upscale choices here. Yeah, but like, so I, I would probably just... My first thought would probably be the Apple Store, right? Sure up a couple of the tech things I need to sure up. Um, 
and then probably pop into one of the jewelry stores. I couldn't even tell you which one because I very rarely go in there. Get something nice for the fiance. Uh, Hatsy, I I was going to go all selfish with mine. Now I can't do that. Not cool. Not fair. And then, and then probably, I, man, see, I, it shows you how often I go to the mall. Yeah, you're not really um, a shopper. Neither am I, by the way. I'm not a huge shopper, but I just figured it was fun. Like, but I don't even know what's, I don't even know what's in. Can I just buy like a bajillion Amazon? To be honest with you, I have the, I have the town center mall uh, store directory up in front of me just because I, oh, I, I wasn't going to have good answers either. But I'm asking of the questions, so I was prepared. So I would, I would go to Apple first, get some jewelry mm-hmm. after, and then, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, clearly you are going to waste the $10,000 walking around trying to find something to spend. Very. Or you're going to blow it all in Apple and the jewelry store. No, I mean, I would definitely spend it. Maybe I can go make like a uh, – maybe I can take that and make a down payment on like a Tesla or something. <laughs> there is a Tesla in in uh, in Tencent. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Maybe I can that's go in an there and put a down payment down and get, some, get that going. That's an option. I don't know if you've ever test drove in that store before, but it's it's the the way they do COVID test driving. They literally tell you where in the parking lot the Tesla is parked, and they just send you. And they unlock the, co- <laughs> the they unlock the car from their phone in the store, and then they can track you as you're going. It's wild. It's nuts. It's I don't know if that's how they usually do it, or if it's just COVID, but it is it is fun. It's a fun car to drive. Um, okay, I'm going to I'm going first to Auntie Anne's because you can't walk around the mall without an Auntie Anne's pretzel pretzel in hand. It's just it's it's sacrilegious. You can't do it. So I'm going there first, spending five of my ten thousand dollars on an Auntie Anne's pretzel. <laughs> um, classic salt, classic salt. I can also go for the salt nuggets. Those are those are pretty good too. I'm not a huge fan of the cinnamon pretzels. I know they're popular, but it's just I I, I want a greasy salty pretzel. So there first. I then I'm I'm either going to like either Oakley or Sunglass Hut, get myself a nice pair of sunglasses. I feel like at this point, I'm going to buy things that are going to last. I'm not a huge clothes shopper. I wear the same five t-shirts like all the time. So uh, nice pair of sunglasses. I can go to, I can go to Toomey. You can get like, have you ever had a Toomey bag? Those things last forever, like for decades. I don't, a Toomey I don't bag, know like, what that is. It's like, it's like you can either get luggage or like a backpack or a briefcase. Oh, okay. Toomey. I mean, that's, that's, that's interesting. And, it, it, they're they're kind of expensive, but they literally last a decade plus. So I would okay. do something like that. And then just because you said it, and now I have to say it, I'm gonna go buy some sort of jewelry for for the <laughs> girlfriend and or for for mom. So shout out shout out to the girlfriend and mom. I'll, oh, I'll get you guys right. something Shoot. with the with the t- ah, I got you. With the with the ten thousand dollars. They got you to listen to us religiously. <laughs> um, yeah, that's how I'm that's how I'm spending that's how I'm spending my money. Is there is there a is there a Dick's Sporting Goods? There's some kind of sporting goods store in this in this mall. You can pick whatever mall is closest to you. So if there's Dick's Sporting Goods oh, in your mall, then well, I mean, currently currently I'm uh, I'm located in Germany, uh, so oh, not wow. not not a really? not the ideal place to shop. Yeah, it's, I don't think mall. we've ever had an international discussion on locker room before. That's cool. Well, there you go, there you go. First one. Yeah, it's currently uh, where... eight fifteen here in Germany. So you know, where in Germany? <laughs> uh, like southwest. My wife's in the Air Force, so we're stationed near. Uh, Near the Ramstein Air Base. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I was gonna. Well, now, now since both of you guys said it, and, and since she's sitting right next to me, yeah, I have to. I'll go to like Jared or something. Uh, <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, first, you know, I did ask about dicks first, but sure, <laughs> but sure. Uh, yeah, I'll go to Jared or something. You know, whatever she wants. I don't know, man. 
but yeah, I, I didn't realize that the Tesla, that's, that's pretty cool. I could always do something like that. I was thinking more along the lines of things that I can resell, like things that I could buy and they'll still hold ah, that same value. Smart. You got a so businessman on the show. Yeah. So I can get that 10 grand, you know, after, yeah, after the whole, the whole proposition ends, now I can reclaim my money and now I can use it for whatever I want. I don't have to only buy stuff in the mall. That's what I was thinking. But sure, yeah, I mean, jewelry, it's a good idea. Good call. <laughs> Very smart. Very smart. Yeah. Anyway, um, Justin, thank you so much for jumping on the show yeah, today. Man, really appreciated you. having you. Of course. It was a blast. Appreciate it, guys. See, See you next man. time. All right, we will be back. Uh, Pick Up List Podcast will be back on Locker Room next week. Again, uh, anyone who's listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else to get your podcast, make sure you download the Locker Room app. We've got all kinds of cool sports celebrities, podcasters like us, and other sports fans coming and talking at you live. So uh, we always appreciate getting to hear from you guys. It's the best part for us of doing the show. So make sure to download the Locker Room app, and we will see you next time, next week. Thank you again for listening. Thanks, everybody.